Welcome to the Sasquatch Podcast, into Warp Speed of Reviews. I'm Jester, your captain, and my co-host, Big Chungus. In this Warp Speed of Reviews, we're doing Interstellar, a 2014 Ooh. epic science fiction film. Now, the runtime is approximately 169 minutes, um, and its uh, budget was about $165 million. It made roughly $701.8 million in the box office. A little bit about the plot. It is set in a dystopia future where human humanity is struggling to survive. The film follows a group of astronauts who travel through a warp wormhole near Saturn. Saturn. <laughs> in, a, in search of a new home for mankind. Um, kinda, right? I mean... Yeah, so, as I was just saying, um, we're gonna have to kind of round about the, um, the deeper plot, because it is still, I mean, 2014 was, oh god, seven years ago. Think about that one. Yeah. Um, but it's still, like, new enough that I don't want to give everything away, so, yeah, it's, um... I mean, yeah, we're just uh, in in the movie. We're we're uh, just trying to find a, a way to keep um, humanity alive. Yeah, because something's going on on Earth. Some sort of they call it the blight, and a and a uh, dust bowl are ravaging the the planet. Basically, um, crops are failing, and something else is causing crops like species to die out. So. It's but, a it's an interesting kind but, of like, but, but what you said there is you know crops and peop, uh you know everything dying off, but they really don't go into it that much into the movie. Yeah, it's very vague as with um it's uh, directed by Christopher Nolan, and that's how he does a lot of his movies is it's very vague on what's yeah. going, what the bigger picture is, but what the small picture like the the finer details are more important than the bigger than like the big picture. Yeah. So, that's a plus. Um, so, for your initial thoughts, what did you think of it? Um, you know, it's my... I don't know how many times watching it. Um, I, it was good. I liked it. Um, I wouldn't recommend watching it through, like, a... Uh, uh, like, if it's on TV, because then it'd be, like, three hours long. Because uh, once That's again, actually where I saw it last, was... Um, um, I was helping uh, my friend watch dogs, and it came on. And we just sat there and watched it, and yeah, it was like three and a half hours but, long. But you actually bought it on Vudu. Yeah, um, they were having a sale. This is oh, this is kind of a funny little tidbit about uh, how we get our movies. So most of the time, we usually um, we stream the movies on any platform that has them available, like Hateful Eight on Netflix, Netflix, um, movies on Hulu, movies on Hulu, uh, Disney Voodoo, Plus, Disney Plus. Um, and sometimes we'll rent movies like from Hulu or from Amazon um, Prime Prime Video. So this one in particular, and why I say it's funny, is because Christopher Nolan movies are very rarely on sale for some bizarre reason. I think it's because they're they're classics, they're they're masterpieces. So he he rarely authorizes them to be on sale because this is the first time this yes, is seven yeah. years later and it was the first time on sale it, i've ever seen it some of his movies um are hard to rent kind of like when tenet came out and you could uh you can digitally watch it but um Tenet. when when it came out and on digital you could only buy it 
for X, like for like twenty dollars, and in stores it was like uh, twenty twenty six dollars in store, and for a while it was like oh you can only rent it, you can only rent it, you can only rent it. It was like well this sucks. Yeah. I want to watch a movie and just like I think last week it finally came out where you can actually digitally rent it for like six bucks or you could go to your red box and rent it for two dollars I mean I know for a while back they had a sale on space movies by the way this is a space series that we're doing or yeah, yeah. space oriented so this is the first one in February we're doing all space stuff space Final, Final Frontier. Final. Damn it! Ah, I was it. gonna fucking say that. Anyway, um, so here's where I'm uh, transitioning from that. So Voodoo did or has? I've been with Voodoo for many years. Um, it was it's a streaming based platform that basically was owned. I think is still owned by Walmart. So if you buy a DVD at Walmart and then you go oh, and you open it up, yeah, it's true. got a redemption code so you can put it on Voodoo to have it digitally. So. Where that comes into play is, is that when this movie first came out, my parents bought it and had the redemption code, but they bought it for, what's, what's a movie go for? 50 bucks now? Uh, no, it was like I said, like 26 bucks for like, when it first regular, came out, when it regular, first, they when got it, was it on, on DVD, Blu- they got it on Blu-ray. So it, it was like 40, 50 bucks. So, uh, Voodoo has these themes throughout the years. They do these sales, uh, Valentine's Day sale, Halloween sale, what have you. Bullshit. And this one had a space sale going on, so it had other space movies like Alien, uh, The Martian. Which um, Martians we're going to do next, because he's never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen The Martian. Um, Life, or is that what it's called? The one with yeah, the... Yeah, it's just called Life. It's weird. Anyway, yeah, they're all, they're all uh, space-oriented, but this one... Never was in it. Ever. I never understood why this was never part of the space sale. Until, like, a week ago. And then they threw it in there. Uh, and, yeah, this movie is usually, like, $25 for the standard... Standard... The HDX, as they call it, but it's the 1080p version. That, what we... What I have is the 4K version. That's normally, like, $40. So, they have these random sales. But, anyway... What I'm getting at is that this movie is really good, and it is so good that even seven years later, it's still full price. Like, why? I'm not really sure. I don't. I. I. I don't know. Um, but my initial impressions is I love this movie. I love the whole the scientific side of it. It's you know it's very heavily borrowed science, being that you know um, they did consult with people with scientists. Um, and astronauts on the legitimacy of their filming. So, like, things... Uh, what I read is one of the only things they didn't do right that that physically cannot be done uh, in terms of the laws of physics is the scene with ice clouds. They said there's no way that would ever happen. Gravity would not allow moisture to just freeze in the air and just stay like that. Uh, no matter what... Yeah, you're not sub-zero. Gonna... Yeah. So, anyway... Um, I really liked it for the science part of it. I like the idea of basically uh, a big director like Christopher Nolan, who's really good at using visual store, like doing visual storytelling, but also putting things into scale. So, like in the Batman movies, that's those are the ones that I know the most. He really makes you realize how small Batman's imprint is on Gotham City. Yeah, he's only one dude. And compared to the crime lords and all that going on, um, he's very insignificant. 
you know, but he's the the white knight, you know, as they keep ta- the, as they call him in the series. So in this movie, Christopher Nolan really makes it makes you realize we are tiny. Yeah, like we are like if you this is one of the things I will go off on. Um, I, if you know me, space is so interesting because we are tiny. We are molecules in the grand scheme of things. Like we look at our sun and it's huge. Like yep. in our Biggest in star. our solar neighborhood. It's small. It's very small. It's abnormally small compared to most things out in the out in the the universe. And there's a video I always talk about with people um, where it shows like relative size and it just keeps going and eventually our Earth is eclipsed by something that's not even in the same realm as what are called blue supergiants. They're the biggest stars out there that we can like quantifiably size and this movie just does a really good job of like putting that kind of idea of how small we are in perspective um because they you know like the the whole thing about the wormhole um space takes a long time to travel it takes a shit ton of time and in this movie the wormhole acts as the way that it carries the story out like forward if that wormhole didn't exist that 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 bridge between galaxies earth would have been doomed like no matter what so when they come out of it they're in a completely different universe and they're so far apart that their transmissions to earth are beyond years of of sending data so like voyager the oldest um i think it's in it's now interstellar it has left the solar system is still transmitting data it's been out there for 30 years yeah. and it takes like a week for us to get one new line of data. Don't quote me on that, but I'm just what I'm saying that is is that it it re, in this movie it just shows that this this is video that people are sending to them in the movie and it's been years since that that record that message has even traveled and the only reason it travels is because of the wormhole. But if that wormhole wasn't even there, they would be dead before that message even got to them. And they wouldn't even be near where they needed to be. It, it's such, like, again, I, it's one of the topics that if you know me, I can go on and on and on about this stuff. But the, um, Christopher Nolan did a really good job of, like, of making space be space. It's huge. It's really cool. It's a super cool concept as a movie, like... That's why I'm saying it's one of my favorites. If I, I had think, to give it, I think you just had a professor moment right there. Your, ah, profe- the your professor Big Chungus. Thank you for professor that, Professor Big I, Chungus. I, I actually, I was like, lay on my head, just you know, go ahead, Professor. Keep I legit going. thought you were just getting annoyed. I was like, no, seriously, like this is one of the coolest things. Uh-huh. Like, um, just you up there, just writing up your know, little chalkboard, and you know, if I only had that chalkboard. Um, one of the things I really like about it other than just the science aspect is the so i know during the movie i said i didn't like the score that's that was before you told me that he wrote it without any knowledge he's, of what he's was talking going about on. the composer of the, the music of the movie yeah so christopher nolan is kind of like um john he he pairs up with the same guy kind of like how uh George Lucas always goes with John Williams or, um, oh, uh, what's his name? 
The guy who uses Danny Elfman for everything. Basically, he has a go-to composer. Yeah, Hans Zimmer is the composer Hans of Hans Zimmer. This okay, now, movie. the reason why I say that this is important to the review is that Hans Zimmer does a really good job of making things intense, making the making you feel that vibe even like just sitting in your seat wherever you are the couch the movie theater yeah. on the ground so Hans Zimmer did um Pirates of the Caribbean series Interstellar Gladiator Crimson Tide Inception Dunkirk Blade Runner 2049 The Dark Knight trilogy um you know he's a Grammy award three-time classic Brit award two Golden Globe awards um I mean the guy's just fucking mad He's damn good at his job, filming scores, uh, composing for movies. So yeah, and uh, but he's talking about is uh, uh, Chris and Noel come saying, "Hey, I want you to do this movie, Interstellar. Uh, that's it. Can you can you compose it for me?" And he said, "Sure." And he really didn't know anything about this movie. Yeah, and so so what I was saying is is that the way that the music is and the way that the that Christopher Nolan filmed it is. You really feel the intensity, the 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 feeling of hopelessness in certain um, yeah. certain scenes, because the it it was a it, it's weird. I I'm I'm sorry I'm stuttering so much because this is such a I'm so passionate about this this movie, but there was a a video I saw on YouTube explaining this guy's way of using sound to intensify a scene, and I didn't realize it until you hear it like until you watch the movies that he does this in and you watch this video you won't really know what i'm talking about i if i ever find it i'll share it on our um facebook page yeah but here's the breakdown of it as a scene gets more intense the volume and the instruments get higher yeah. pitched but there's also a low part that makes you subconsciously feel tense like there's a science to what he's doing and so watching um Watching them in the the airlock moment. Yes, it's super tense. Like you're 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 waiting for him to for something very bad to happen. Yeah, you're just you can feel it's going to happen, but you don't know when. And that's what I really liked about the movie is because it you always knew something was not going to happen. Like nothing was going to happen right. Yeah, and whether it did or didn't, I'll let you figure it out uh, when you mo- watch the movie. But the music. Makes you go, oh my god! I I need to know. Like this is killing me. It's so intense. Well, that's like in our previous series, the Western series. The music really gets you into the move, even though it's there's a long sequence of them just riding, you know, through the whatever, like the desert or you know cactus area or just like playing nothing. That that gets you like okay, something's coming up, but it's gonna be a long drawn out moment. But the music is so fucking good. A perfect example of that um, in the same realm as this as this one was in the um, the good, the bad, and the ugly when they had their Mexican standoff. Oh yeah, then how it lasted forever. Yeah, but it was like, all right, what's is it gonna just cut off? Like, is the sound gonna cut off when someone shoots? Is it gonna? It, are, is it just gonna be the like the the cliched where the music will end, but they're still st- sitting there? Like, what happens? This movie did that, and it's. It's really cool when it happens. Like, it, it's something... It's hard to talk about. It's something that when you watch the movie, you'll see you like you'll see it and feel it. And that's really cool. So... Uh, we got some fun facts on the fun fact side. Uh, the Noel brothers wrote the screenplay to this movie. 
Um, Steven Spielberg was the first to uh, he was attracted to this movie. I remember hearing about that that he was supposed to do it originally. Yeah, yeah. But and other shit came up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, um, I completely remember hearing about uh, that during the ice place on I- in Iceland. Um, Anne Hathaway got hypothermia while filming. That must suck. Um, our favorite pe- person that in the movie we both like Tars mm-hmm. was an actual robot. It's a real robot. Tars is. Mm-hmm. They actually made a robot that can move. So like when he's, he's walking around like kind of like a gorilla, they made that. That's um. There, he's a puppet in some parts. Uh, in the movie, there's this thing called Tars. He um, Matthew McConaughey or Cooper said uh, that um, it used to be old military robot. And they converted it into uh, a very smart AI. A scientist. A scientist. And he loved him to death. Um, Tars the is the new, real MVP. Uh, they had to create new CG, uh, CGI software was invented for the visual wormhole effect. So they had to make new CGI. That's crazy. For the wormholes. McConaughey actually isn't into sci-fi. Um, th- That's funnier when I said before we watched the movie that... He did. It. He was a perfect cast for this role. Yeah, because I was like, man, he really does. Do uh, it. The giant dust cloud were created on a on location using large fans. How would you do that? Like fucking genetic. Well, some mean, of it is like CGI, a... but like the like the street or when they get to the house and they're like get inside. But how would you do giant that? Like dust. Like I get like the movie budget is one thing, but like how would you? I don't know, like... Giant... How would you create that? Like, I know they can't... It's, du- it's doable, duh. But it's like, how... Like, I, I'd i have to see the set. Yeah. To see how that works. Because it's so... It's it's a huge dust storm. The, the book... The book... The book display on the bookshelf shown in the movie. So, in uh, Murphy's room. Murph. Uh, Murph's room in the movie. The where the actual books Noel had read and used for the research of black holes. So all the books that were in there was research for the black hole part. That's really cool. See, it's the it's the little finer details about the movie in the science department that I really like. Well, when, when you do watch this movie, Excuse like me. I said before, um, it's, it's from the start, and I pointed it out, um, the the old people who are talking about the dust clouds and dust storms and all that stuff that that's actual footage from a TV broadcast in 2012 when the dust dust bowl came and they were talking about how crops so the interviews are real live event that actually happened 2004 2012 and they used it in the movie and it, it panned out perfectly for what they wanted to do yeah that's kind of amazing that they that that just kind of lined up perfectly to to be in the movie um i like the movie i liked it it was just, to me it's a trip it, 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 yeah it's it, trippy it, it, it it's gets, really trippy. it gets you thinking like all the other Knowles movies get you thinking like inception gets you thinking of like at the end when you see the his little uh spinny top thingy like still going around and you're like is he dreaming or is he isn't he dreaming i love that uh, no matter how or to this day in 2021 people are still debating yeah full-blown debates about the ending of inception and, and then, if it's really and the then ending. the whole ending of uh like the the stuff that happened in uh 
the end of the the Dark Knight series is like yeah, each movie ended differently. Yeah, and each time was it was more things were implied. And then like at the end of this movie, it gets you thinking. Like I was asking you, like you know, Plan A. You said Plan A worked and Plan B worked, and then you said the other uh, the other thing where the at the end of the movie uh, that was going to be working out. So like all scenarios yeah, worked every out. Every single so every so in the movie every single scenario worked. And, yeah. But that's the other thing is that it's like well to what extent what happened like yeah. what what happened like it's we well, you don't see like so without when gonna... without spoiling the movie basically um there are three options a again it's not spoiling the movie because it doesn't explain how it happens but in the movie there are three options that they're provi- provided with option a is that they find a replacement home for humanity yeah and somehow move everyone over there or most of the population uh-huh. option b humanity can't be saved and they must start a colony somewhere AIDS. yep they uh yeah they must start with reproduction reproduction on a new colony and then the third option is do nothing yeah and why i say all three options because option three technically doesn't work is because in the end they do work again it's hard to say that this is a spoiler because it doesn't exact it doesn't explain what happens but even then it doesn't explain what happens yeah um and that's the part that makes you think it's like well what changed what what happened like, yeah it's also another movie uh christopher Nolan said was memento and that movie is an older movie where you watch the movie from the end to the beginning so you work your way back back to the beginning of the movie that's so weird so that's it goes, such a weird it goes concept. from back to front it's like reading a manga you have to read the manga from back to front yeah except though manga. It, it yeah manga manga it's all the same yeah. um i'm just i'm it's it's weird because like the movie is a very simple straightforward movie but what's going on in it is not straightforward and i think that's a lot of christopher nolan's that's him. That's, that's what his he, style. That, that's what his style. Kind of like J.J. Abrams has the whole um, the light bursts, and then you have Michael Bay blowing stuff up, and then Steven got, Spielberg with, just spotlights. Yeah, spotlights. True. And, uh, I was gonna say, oh, you know, J.J. Abrams has a lot of just what? Wait, I what? think it's more like light blare. And then you have George Lucas. Oh, no, the, the blue, the blue. He loves then you, then the weird lo- blue laser. Then you have George Lucas, who loves doing side swipes because in every star I, you swipe yeah swipe, swipe and, up and swipe also, down yeah i thought that was so funny when swipe someone, in our uh, peter jackson who likes to do uh, face uh, face zoom ins and eye zoom ins they all have it they all have some kind of and weird Christopher way noel is likes to make you feel small in a big place small in a big place and then make you go wait what what how's this movie done um so it's weird. So as bleh. I've been having trouble recording these lately because as we watch more of them, they're all drastically different from each uh, episode we've done. Like westerns are one thing, but doing Hateful Eight and yeah, good shit. 
Oh, um, we're not gonna do a plug. Well, I mean, we're we not could do a, do a plug. Uh, we'll not do a plug. We'll do an update. So, Squatchers, uh, take a quick break for this. Um, so the episode, f- you, the episode you just was listened it? to, the Hateful Eight. Was it the Hateful Eight, or was it the one? That's why. I w- okay. Anyway, the episode you just listened to, insert here. Um, we did a test review of the Mountain Dew Major Melon. Unfortunately, Jester picked up the wrong kind and got the sugar-free version. So, I came in clutch and got and brought us the Major Melon regular. It's quite tasty. Yeah, it's way better. It's, it's like way... drinking a fucking uh, Jolly Rancher. The watermelon Jolly Rancher. It's like that, just liquefied with with uh, some some fizz. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it's not like super sugary. I mean, it's not like the. the it's a ma- taste. It, it it's weird because it's not. It doesn't taste like Mountain Dew. No, it doesn't. It just like, tastes like it, watermelon soda. But like, what I mean by it doesn't have that Mountain Dew taste. Like, it doesn't taste like that. Is that you know how Mountain Dew is a very aggressive like soda flavor? Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't have that. Like, no, it, no. The aftertaste is very subtle and smooth. Now, like you know, this only has forty-four grams of sugar. That's a lot, but not as much as our uh, Mountain Dew Voodoo, which had like seventy-six grams of sugar. I was gonna say I think I still have that in my pack, but I don't have it any. I don't have it in there anymore. But um, to sum up that little tiny uh, review, yeah, no, I still recommend either the sugar-free or the regular. They're both. They both taste. Pretty much the same. Uh, the sugar-free one just has that sugar-free taste. Yeah, I don't like sugar-free taste. Um, I don't know. What do you think of that one? I think it's great. I'd, I'd give it a t- 10 do's out of... Not, 10 out of 10 I, do's? Uh, I'd give you, it a 9 out of 10 do's. He'd do the do. Um, but uh, getting back to uh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Um, I give it I, I give it an, a 9 out of 10 spaceships. See, this is weird. You're going to give another 10 out of 10? No. You're going to 8 out of 10. I give it a 7 out of 10. What? So this is why I say it's weird. I know I've said that in the past, but this is why I say it's weird. I love this movie a lot. Like, this is one of my favorite movies to watch any time of the, the year, any time. Like, just throw it on the background, play mobile games or whatever. Just yeah. Or even throw it on my phone and play uh, Dark Souls or something and just have the audio running in the background. The things I don't like about it are so tiny, but they're huge to me. Like, like to anyone else, I honestly think you would really like this movie. But for if you were me, like if you were if you had the same uh, criticism as me, or will have the same criticism, it may not be like your favorite movie. Or it, you you'll be harsher on it because you want it to be better. So the things I didn't like about it are I don't like how there's only three that they went or yeah there's only three planets that they were they were supposed to go to because there were there were twelve there were twelve astronauts got the, got the water planet the, the ice, ice planet, planet and then the one at the end of the dirt planet now they said that they sent out twelve astronauts and only three of them gave any information back fine sure whatever. I would have liked a higher number that gave back something because I I don't mind that the movie was as long, short as it was. Um, and what I mean by that is you're cramming a lot into a small amount of time. It's yeah. a lot of movie in a pretty small window, like the concepts and what's going on. Now, 
when they went to Matt Damon's world or Dr. Man, which was the ice world, I wasn't super thrilled about that one because I was like, really, they're going to go with ice. They could have gone with something a little more clever, like maybe just a throwback to the one of the oldest sci-fi things out there. Dune It could have been a desert planet. That would have been an interesting take on it or um, like nothing but rock like a moon like that's i was not super thrilled with the water planet i felt like that there was a lot of tension and a lot of like we need to get out of here but not a lot of why are we here eventually you when they reveal the reason that they were there and like the the tragedy of the reason they were there it's like sure i guess that makes up but you didn't need to have it on a water planet you could have had that on a different kind of i totally understand that part because when they're on that water planet and they're just like it's like a it's like they get on there they're like oh it's all water they land oh it's shallow water um and they're just like oh they're there for what and then it's like oh no there's a wave coming and then they're like they hurry up they try to get the transmitter they don't get the transmitter they lose somebody and then you know they're just chilling inside for a while uh because the water's done they resurface and they're all flat and then another wave is coming and then they they finally like get off and it, it was like Ooh, oh it's super it's a tense moment this is really cool but then they get back to the endurance endurance and they figure out, hey, you were gone for 20... 27 years. 27 years. Or 23.4 years. And that's, you know, because they say, you know, every every hour you're down there is seven years. So they were gone for three hours. That segment part did not feel like... That, that part of it did not feel like three hours. Yeah, and it wasn't like three hours in the movie, but, like, it didn't feel like any of that really happened in three hours. Granted, That's that, yeah. that could have been a scientific thing where they're like, oh, it didn't feel like three hours, but it was because this is the way that that planet works and weird shit like that. But I, I, I take back my nine because I, I just said it out loud like that. I take that. I take that back. Nine. OK, I said, OK, I'll give it a nine like you used to do. I give it a nine for the visual effects. Great. Uh, knowing all the stuff and the music and all the stuff, all that stuff is a nine. But cramming everything in a two-hour-something-minute movie and only having three planets, only actually two of them that actually made se- didn't make sense, and the last one did make sense, you know, it's just, they could have done story They could have done a little bit more. Um, and then my other criticism for it, which is a pretty big one for me, was... I felt like it was a missed opportunity for, like, if they if no one had decided to do an extend extended version, which would be extremely long, but I feel like could do well. Um, if they do do it that if they did it if they did do a movie like that, I would want them to break it up into a like a mini or a, a series, kind of like the Hateful cool. Eight, yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, so the other Twelve thing, episodes. the. 12 people the other thing and it's it's stupid because it's it's so petty of me but it's as someone who really appreciates and really loves astronomy like there were times in it where i'm like they should yeah call me a nerd nerd fucking love it um professor nerd 
that's Professor Chungus to you. Um, there were times where I was like, you know, they've got this technology in the movie to show all of the, all, like, when they're going through the wormhole, you can see, like, light bending, you can see galaxies bending and all these yeah. things. It's like, you could have taken maybe a half hour of the movie of them, like, going, like, we're in a completely, we're in another galaxy, like, we've, we can map, you know, where we are or something like that. Yeah. And just make the universe feel a little bigger. I mean, it's already huge in the movie, but like if they were to say like, we're like, uh, 800 trillion light years away, yeah, the only t- like that would have been cool. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. Do you understand how this wormhole, like it would make wormholes that much cooler. Wormholes are cool by themselves. If you don't know how they work, here's the really quick gist point a point B yeah. scrunch the, the space between them. And make a direct line, a hole. So, like, take a piece of paper and write X, X on one side and X on the other. Now, fold that paper a bunch of times in the middle and then see where you're at. See how the X, the two X's should be uh, on the other sides of each other? That's how a wormhole works. It allows you to go through space, through an enormous distance. But quicker. a tiny amount of time. Yeah, the only time they, f- I feel like that they're, like, you know mapping something out is the fact that they can uh relay messages from here to here and they were getting them it had to do okay so that was that's the, the only time oh but i wish like you said i wish they explained it a little bit more or like you know hey we're out in space this is how we're doing it so give us a little bit more story yeah because they weren't but, afraid to go to those lengths to yeah. to explain like quantum physics it had a good story but they 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 crammed it into a you know a small little flat book it, it could have been bigger it could have been like a giant book but it's like you know we're just gonna smash it down it's like to, a comic book to like a little kid's flip book where you're just like oh i see pictures but by no means is it bad i'm not saying i'm not dropping no, no. this rating like a, a ton of bricks i'm just saying the things that i appreciate as a person who appreciates astro- uh, astronomy and all that would have liked to see that. Yeah. So that's my only real criticism. But again, it's one of those things where if you're like me, it it's a big deal. Like yeah. it's one of those things where you're like, like you know, they, oh, they, it's a they, let, like you said, they send out 12 astronauts and we only got to really go to two of the planets. Yeah. You could have shown even on a little uh, holographic screen or whatever they had at the time, you could have shown the other planets so yeah. they could have showed how big this particular solar system yeah, was. Yeah, because they could have been like, oh, okay, so here's all the planets, here's the faces of the people at the planets, but the planets are too far away, or, you know, we can't go this because we got off course because of the asshole who's on the ice planet. Yeah, and, yeah, it's it's small things like that. It's, again, it's one of those things where it's just, it's a missed opportunity, but I totally get it for the time, like, the time of it, sure. Um... But the one thing, and uh, I know I touched on this in the beginning, but the one thing that just really excited me about this movie, and it's still used today, like it's it's one of the weirder parts of movie magic that is actually used by scientists, is the I the the visual of the black hole of Gargantua. Yeah, it's actually used well, as like a as like a. Uh, um, at this point, it's more of a metaphor. This is 2021, so that picture, that that sight of a black hole, was that's two, what it's supposed to yeah, look like. Yeah, in 2019. 
they found the black hole. They have a picture of a black hole. That was in 2019. 2019, yeah. That that girl that found it. Okay. Um, But anyway, so in the movie, the way that they show the black hole, scientists still use that as like a... As, like, a way to visually ex- explain black holes to people. Like, it's it's a it's giant... A sphere. It's a giant sphere of incredible gravity where light can't escape. And in the movie, gravity... Like, all the light and energy is warping around it. It looks super cool. It, yeah. it just... It's one of those things. And compared, like, in the size... The size of this thing is enormous. It's a little... It gets a little wonky when they go close to it it's a little wonky because then you're like wait it's not that big again though they don't know what it really looks like up close right but again uh when i said it in the beginning all of this is like i may not have even said it may have said it in my mind this movie is very scientifically correct or it's all scientific scientifically theoretical yeah so what that means is is that theoretically that's what a, a black hole could look like through a spaceship we don't know because we'll never see one or we haven't seen one uh, that, that close. Yeah. But they they did a very good job of putting the enormous scale of this thing. And it yeah. just – great movie. It's a, it's it, I feel like I'm just going to ramble on. I Again, I'm you very passionate about these – about space movies. So it's hard for me to not want to be uncritical of it in the way that I am. So – my final rating, I, I said seven, right? Yes, 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 seven. So mm-hmm. seven spaceships out of ten. But that's my personal rating. If I had to give it a rating for, yeah. like, seven. that I'm not reserving for myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. eight and a half. Oh, okay. Easily. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for myself, I would be, I'm jaded and condescending. And I'm like, it could have been better. But for what it is, this movie is amazing to watch because oh, it just, it puts every, it just, we're small people. That's what I really want to drive home. This movie makes you feel small, but in a good way. It's like it's like what he says. We're pioneers. We're not caretakers of Earth. We're pioneers. We're supposed to go out and see um, the galaxies. We're not supposed to just stay on Earth. Man was never supposed to die on Earth. We were supposed to now journey. Now, you know, I like space movies, but I'm not a big space movie kind of person. I'm more into an adventure, you know, shit blowing up, uh, you know, Indiana Jones type thing, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But I do like space movies, and like I said before, we're going to do Martian, because you've never seen that movie. It's a great movie, but a movie we should do, Lost in Space. It's an older movie. It's 1998. It's a great. Um, you know, like you said, um, you give it, a, you know, if seven uh, i said i give it a nine but that's also me thinking of a film a cinematic uh composer music uh visual and all that stuff cinematography stuff i give it that but you know take all that away um i i would give it like a 7.5 out of 10 spaceships taking all that out so you know i give it like an eight in the middle mm-hmm. um all that stuff you said. I mean, we have both the same kind of thinking uh, about story plot. I wish there was more. Um, would I change anything? That's the only thing I'd give it more story. But I think in every single movie we say we want more of a story. You know, yeah, if, if, if they did it like like 
I said before, if they did like a mini series, if it's like six six episodes long, you know, they could take the first three episodes, talk about the Earth and all that stuff, and the next three they could have, you know, space and all that stuff, and talk about all the planets on one episode, and then you know, two more episodes they could say, you know, about all the other stuff. I, we, they it just needs to explain a little bit more. You know, I feel like like we said before, it, it was crammed all in two hours. You know too much info yeah but it's not bad it's no. not bad so oh also another little fun fact um they only say the movie name once in the movie most of the time you hear uh like the good the bad the ugly they said the good the bad the ugly several times in a movie or in movies welcome to jurassic park welcome to jurassic park it's not a it's not a joke Tuco. it's noose um anyway all right so here's the part where we give our shameless plug to everywhere you can find us at yeah so welcome to sasswild podcast don't forget that follow button on your favorite favorite platform platform if it's spotify google or apple Apple music or or our home here on anchor yeah yeah um, and then go to our Facebook page. You know which one it is. Sasquatch Podcast. As the guy who does all the, uh, the, the the audio, you think I would remember, but I don't. Oh, you also do all the writing, too. I don't do the writing. Well, well, I, the, well the, 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 the thing about the movies. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, go interact with us. If you if you stayed this far, if you yeah, if you could take my voice for that long, because this, this is a chungus episode. Yeah, I true. do not shut up. Um, but yeah, uh, we are very close you to do a thousand downloads and listens, whatever. Yeah. We're it's, at like 972, I think. So Squatchers, we really, really do appreciate it. I know I always, I've said this maybe like five episodes now, but we really appreciate it. We wouldn't be nearly as inspired or motivated to do this if we had like a hundred. But the fact that we're even, we're, we're continuing to grow. It's like. You're coming along the journey with us. Yeah, like this we, is our we, interstellar like, journey. Like we put out the hateful eight today, um, which is a Monday, and uh, somehow we already got like six listens like that, um, and then like other listens to other stuff is like still popping up. Like you know, we had two listens to uh, to uh, the Blair Witch Project. Was like, oh well, that that was done. In... I like the Blair Witch Project. I feel like oh, that was no, one was of our a, better episodes. It was a good one. I'm just saying, like that was done back in halloween that was during a halloween i if i had to give if i had to plug any of them it would be the uh the void that's my best yeah yeah the void was a great one um but anyway so thank you again once we pass thousand thank you yeah like we don't have we're working on a limited budget people so we can't just like be like oh we're gonna drop like a limited merch because that limited would be like 10 i really i really wish we could have like you know, some kind of sponsor that would help us out or something, you know, but uh, we're just a small-time podcaster here. But that doesn't mean we're uh, we're small on content, and uh, we're very, oh, yeah, we're very happy that. that you all join us. So with that, I've been Big Chungus. I've been Jester. And uh, thanks for listening. Squatch you out. Squatch out.